You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to the Huddle Tuesday edition, Huddle Up a Football Podcast. My name is Tony. It's just me today. I will be joined by Corey again on Thursday, as always. By the way, Corey's best bets are on fire, eight, three, and one over the three weeks. Three weeks now? Three weeks that we've done the best bets segment. Eight, three, and one. Come back Thursday. He'll have another segment there. We're running out of time for you to make that money on DraftKings or on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. By the way, last night, uh, FanDuel had a really interesting thing for the Colts, uh, for the Colts Saints game, where it, basically the more people that bet on the Colts to win with the spread, the spread got better. It got better in the favor of the Colts. The spread went all the way to plus fifty one, uh, fifty dollar limit. So I put fifty bucks on it. I thought this was a no brainer. Um, obviously, I covered. You know, the Colts covered that uh, embarrassing loss to the Colts. Saints win 34-7. A lot better than the last time, by the way. Last time, the Indianapolis Colts went to St. Louis. It was 62-7. to That was back in 2011. Certain Peyton Manning. Whew. I was worried about a game like that. Considering the injuries, considering the quarterback situation, considering everything that's happened in Indianapolis, and the fact that the Saints are well on their way to the NFC championship game. I was very worried about a 62 to seven loss like the Colts suffered back in 2011. This was one of those games, by the way, a couple of weeks ago, Lamar Jackson took on the Rams in a late night game that I had, that was glued to the television. I had to stay up for a blowout. This was another blowout. This one felt a little different for me. I don't know. Maybe I'm too attached to this one. Regardless. I did watch. History was made. We watched history happen last night. Drew Brees set two records. The obvious one, the big one, was touchdowns. Early in the second quarter, Drew Brees tied Tom Brady's 538th career touchdown. It was a 15-yard pass to Michael Thomas. Then he tied Peyton Manning's record at 539 with a 21- Yard touchdown throw to Traquan Smith, also in the second quarter. There was a third touchdown pass that got called back. Really, I feel like it was really a pretty suspect pass interference call. I think it was really a pretty questionable one. That doesn't matter, though. It was the second quarter. We, everybody knew there's 30 more minutes of football. Drew Brees is breaking this record. So I sat down and I watched. Sure enough. Two more touchdowns in the third quarter. One was to quarterback Taysom Hill. That's fascinating to me. By the way, let's talk about Taysom Hill for a second. The most, in my opinion, Taysom Hill could be the most versatile player in the NFL. He'll take a direct snap and run it right up the middle, not afraid. Line up outside, catch touchdown pass, and he's got a rocket for a deep arm. He's playing three positions at once. Maybe tight end's not. Maybe he's more like a tight end than a wide receiver. That's regardless. That's not the point. Three positions. 
He'll line up at three different ways and he'll beat you all three different ways. Fascinating and great work, Sean Payton. Good job for Drew Brees too, by the way. It takes a lot, I think, for Drew Brees to be setting these records and to be content with the idea that Taysom Hill will take snaps from Drew Brees. I think it takes a lot. Anyway, I think Taysom Hill is the most versatile player in football. And Drew Brees has now set. Now what's fun was we get to watch Drew Brees and Tom Brady duke it out over the next couple of weeks. I don't know how much longer it'll go after that, but definitely over the next couple of weeks, we're going to get to watch Drew Brees and Tom Brady duke out who can throw the most touchdowns in their career. It's going to be fun to watch them go back and forth on this thing. But knowing that Drew Brees will be 41 years old next month, that there's another quarterback taking snaps, that he keeps his mouth shut, that he does his job at the highest possible level. Fascinating. That's what we want to watch. And good for Sean Payton. Sean Payton and Drew Brees, no doubt, first ballot Hall of Famers. And that's, by the way, despite some scandal. Remember? We stopped talking about that. Remember Bounty Gate? Drew Brees had nothing to do with that, okay? <clears throat> he had nothing to do with it at all. But do you remember Bounty Gate when defensive coordinator Greg Williams was suspended indefinitely? Eventually it was overturned, by the way. So he was suspended for the rest of that year and most of the next year. Head coach Sean Payton was suspended for an entire season. The general manager was suspended eight games, and four players also were suspended because they were incentivizing players outside of their contract to take out players of the opposing team. Huge scandal. I don't even remember what year that was. This is about to become relevant. It happened a long time ago, and a lot of really good things have come out of New Orleans since then. So I think that Sean Payton and Drew Brees are going to get into the Hall of Fame mostly clean. We'll always remember. Hey, you remember that one time? Oh, yeah, but he was a great head coach. Yeah, you're right, he was. I mean, that's how it's going to go. That's what it is. Over in Foxborough, though, I'm a little bit concerned about the legacy that has been built. And I talked about this a little bit on the Thursday show. So I didn't, I really wanted to avoid getting into it. When you only record a couple of times a week, and I try to keep the Tuesday show 15 to 20 minutes, I don't want to go real long on it. But when you only record a couple times a week and they're not real long shows, I don't want to keep drudging up the same stuff over and over and over again. But I kind of feel like I don't have a choice. Everybody's well aware the Patriots were filming a piece on their advanced scout in the Bengals press box when the Browns press box, I'm sorry, one thing comes up, one thing leads to another, the Bengals get a hold of the tape, security's involved, speculation. Here goes the speculation. Spygate 2.0. Last week we talked about Bill's response to that. Independ they're independent contractors, the Patriots and Bill Belichick are on the same page. They know nothing about this. Those are independent contractors. They work with Kraft Media Productions, and they were 
filming for a show that's posted on the Patriots website called Do Your Job. This episode was about the advanced scout and him doing his job. Sounded reasonable. Sounds reasonable. Sounds perfectly reasonable. But then Jay Glazer leaks footage of a conversation that the Bengal staff, Bengal security staff, and the Patriots independent contractors, who, by the way, were wearing Patriots jerseys. Jay Glazer releases the footage. I found it very interesting. Here, listen. I don't see the advanced scout in this footage. No, it's not. We were trying to get some field perspective. It's my bad. That's not the field. That's not the field. There's no, the field, the advanced scout's not in it. Okay, strike one. Kind of pokes a hole in the argument. And it's not even the field. It's the sideline. If you haven't seen the video, head over to Huddle Up Football's Twitter. I'll have it there. I'll put it up there this morning so that you can see the whole video, so you can see what they're seeing, because I'm telling you, that looks an awful lot like they're filming the sidelines. And I've heard a lot of the argument that they maybe didn't know, that maybe, but they, you know what? I don't even want to hear the argument that they didn't know. Here's the reality. They're wearing Patriots jerseys, okay? The Patriots had permission from the Browns to be present and to be filming in the press box, okay? But they're filming the Bengals, who, by the way, they play the following week. That makes sense. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me. And I don't buy the fact, first of all, that the Patriots were knowingly and deliberately and openly taping the opponent that they would play the following week. That doesn't make sense to me because that opponent was the Bengals and the Bengals have been crippled. And the Bengals have little to play for. And the Patriots are a far superior team. So I don't believe that Bill Belichick sent those men to film the Bengals' sideline. Something else is happening. Because the Bengals weren't notified that the, that the Patriots would be there filming. Strike one. Is that strike two? I don't even know what strike we're on anymore. It's fishy. And what's more fishy to me than then the surface level, because on the surface level, it's really not that fishy. The story could check out. Here's what's more fishy to me. Listen to the response of the camera crew when the Bengal security staff took the footage. But I can delete this right here for you. Damage is done, my friend. No, it isn't, because we deleted it. There's no way I can get that footage back. I'm being honest with you. And I don't have a computer to, like, to even put it that way. Once this card, that's it. Yeah, I don't see the advance scout in any of this video this shoot. That doesn't, to me, that does not sound like someone who accidentally stepped into the deep end. To me, that doesn't sound like somebody who didn't know what they were doing. Bill made it sound like these guys had no idea. We're talking about the Patriots here. This has happened before. Don't you think that someone somewhere in that organization would tell these independent contractors, hey, we've been caught up in this before. Here's what we're not going to do. And if something comes up, this is how we're going to respond. Here's what I would say. My response would be, whoa, if I didn't know something was going on, if I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to be 
honestly, legitimately, if I didn't know I wasn't supposed to be filming that, my response would be, hey, whoa, whoa, Bengals security staff, you need to get a hold of your boss. I'm calling my boss right now. Our bosses are going to talk this out because this is perfectly legitimate. And no, you can't take my camcorder. I'll show you what happened. But your boss and my boss are talking before anything else happens. That would be my response. If it was innocent, if it was anything other than being caught with your hand in the cookie jar. Listen to their response again. But I can delete this right here for you. Damage is done, my friend. No, it isn't, because we deleted it. There's no way I can get that footage back. I'm being honest with you. And I don't have a computer like, to even put it anywhere. Once this card, that's it. Yeah, I don't see the advance scout in any of this video this shoot. Where there's smoke, there's fire, guys. Something's up. I'm not casting judgment today because this is going to take a long time. We're going to hear a lot about this. I imagine this goes well into the offseason. But something's up. And I'm sure we'll find out more soon. Sean Payton is behind the scandal. Far enough away that I think we'll make it through. If this is a big deal, I don't think that, that Bill Belichick has enough time or a willingness for the time. Let's be honest. Belichick could stick around as long as he wants to. But there's already been murmurs that maybe, maybe the end is closer now than it was, obviously, four or five years ago. Of course, but I mean, you know what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say he's not going to coach another 15 or 20 years. That's what I'm trying to say. And if this becomes a huge scandal, and Bill's caught up in it, I'm afraid this could tarnish a legacy of one of the greatest coaches that's ever coached football. We're going to move on for today because there's going to be more information. We've talked about Sean Payton. We've talked about Bill Belichick. And now, of course, I can't help myself. I'm a broken record. Freddie Kitchens is not afraid for his job. Listen to what he said after the loss to the Arizona Cardinals. I don't care about my future as Brown coach. I'm going to show up Monday, and I'm going to do the best job that I can do Monday, and that's tomorrow. That's the only thing I can control. Now, earlier that morning, news broke that the Browns were intending to keep Freddie Kitchens, they, that he was the guy, that he was going to stick around relatively long-term. Very confusing. And then he says this. And then he says, here. I don't care about my future as Brown coach. I'm going to show up Monday, and I'm going to do the best job that I can do Monday. And that's tomorrow. That's the only thing I can control. You're supposed to say you're not scared. I get it, Freddie. But don't say you don't care about your future. Now, recently, he's backed up on that. But I'm just telling you what. This is another straw on the camel's back. A couple straws got added last Sunday. Jarvis Landry fights with the coach on the sideline. Jarvis Landry looks over to, to the Arizona sideline. Come get me, he says. This is after This is after Odell recently. Video has serviced of Odell and Jimmy Garoppolo talking before a game or after a game. I guess I don't know that. And Jimmy Garoppolo says, I got you. Odell's holding his mouth. He's hiding up his mouth. He doesn't want him to fear for him. He doesn't want us to see what he's saying. And Jimmy Garoppolo 
says, I've got you. I got you. I wonder what that could have been about. Here's what I know, Freddie. Freddie Kitchens is six feet deep. OBJ said he was sent to die when he went to Cleveland. And I think that was the beginning for Freddie Kitchens because it all just stacked up. Then Freddie allows silly penalties. Freddie allows key players of the field, of the game, to be off the field for minor equipment violations. OBJ's visor. OBJ and Jarvis wore the wrong shoes. OBJ tells San Francisco quarterback, come get me. Then Miles Garrett rips the hair, the helmet off of Mason Rudolph and hits him in the own head with it. By the way, a week or two after Miles Garrett ripped Mason Rudolph's he- helmet off, somebody ripped Cole Beasley's head off. And no, oh my gosh, here I keep saying that. Somebody ripped Cole Beasley's helmet off, but he didn't hit him in the head with it. So nobody heard a word about it because it's not that uncommon for a helmet to get ripped off a player. What's uncommon is to rip an opponent's helmet off and hit him in the head with it. That shows a real self-control issue, a discipline issue. And then what's worse? What makes it worse? Because the truth is Freddie Kitchens can't control Miles Garrett. And he can't control him on the football field. All he can do is make sure he's lined up where he's supposed to be and that he's, he's doing his job. You can't control whether or not a guy's going to flip out, okay? Whether he's going to short circuit, break, bust a fuse. You can't control that. But when it all stacks up together, you'll start to wonder, why aren't you controlling this? And then it became more clear to me. When Freddie Kitchens wore that shirt that said they started it, or Pittsburgh started it, whatever it said, then it became clear to me. That's when I knew there was a major Discipline problem in Cleveland. Landry, now Jarvis Landry's fighting with the coach on the sideline. Listen, I feel bad for Freddie. I've said this before. Yesterday, I sent out a tweet trying to put into words what has happened in Cleveland. Imagine giving a Corvette to a 16-year-old on his birthday. That's exactly what Halsam did when he made Freddie Kitchens the head coach. See, I feel bad for this, for this whole situation because Freddie got a Corvette on his 16th birthday and the poor guys got it wrapped around a tree when he never had a chance. Maybe it was raining that day or something. You can't drive a Corvette in the rain, by the way. Guys, what I'm trying to say is that Freddie Kitchens if Freddie Kitchens is, is, is allowed to be the head coach next year with Odo Beckham, with Jarvis Landry, with Baker Mayfield, that's not going to work. And I guess you heard it here first. It won't work. He can't drive a Corvette, period. Mike Tomlin could make it work. Mike Tomlin's not available. I'm trying to think of other coaches that could make it work. Back when Odell was in New York, Coughlin didn't have a lot of problems. With Odell Beckham. Maybe it was because Odell was younger, but maybe it was because Coughlin's a better leader. I don't know. I don't know if there's a coach in the league that's available or that could become available 
that will be willing and able to take control of the Cleveland Browns locker room. But I'm telling you, Freddie Kitchens is not capable. That's what I got today. We'll talk about it more on Thursday. We'll talk about the best bets. We'll talk about all kinds of stuff. See you soon. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two, three. Three.